the Civil Rights Act of 1964. The bill was called for by President John F. Kennedy in his report to the American people on civil rights of June 11, 1963, in which he asked for legislation giving all Americans the right to be served in facilities which are open to the public, hotels, restaurants, theaters, retail stores, and similar establishments, as well as greater protection for the right to vote. Kennedy delivered this speech following the immediate aftermath of the Birmingham campaign and the growing number of demonstrations and protests throughout the southern United States. Kennedy was moved to action following the elevated racial tensions and wave of black riots in the spring of 1963. Emulating the Civil Rights Act of 1875, Kennedy's Civil Rights Bill included provisions to ban discrimination in public accommodations and to enable the U.S. Attorney General to join in lawsuits against state governments which operated segregated school systems, among other provisions. However, it did not include a number of provisions deemed essential by civil rights leaders, including protection against police brutality, ending discrimination in private employment, or granting the Justice Department power to initiate desegregation or job discrimination lawsuits. Powers given to enforce the act were initially weak, but were supplemented during later years. Congress asserted its authority to legislate under several different parts of the United States Constitution, principally its power to regulate interstate commerce under Article I, Section 8, its duty to guarantee all citizens equal protection of the laws under the 14th Amendment, and its duty to protect voting rights under the 15th Amendment. The act was signed into law by President Lyndon B. Johnson on July 2, 1964. Major Features Title I Barred Unequal Application of Voter Registration Requirements Title I did not eliminate literacy tests, which were one of the main methods used to exclude black voters, other racial minorities, and poor whites in the South, nor did it address economic retaliation, police repression, or physical violence against non-white voters. While the act did require that voting rules and procedures be applied equally to all races, it did not abolish the concept of voter qualification. Title II, outlawed discrimination based on race, color, religion, or national origin in hotels, motels, restaurants, theaters, and all other public accommodations engaged in interstate commerce, exempted private clubs without defining the term private. Title III, prohibited state and municipal governments from denying access to public facilities on grounds of race, color, religion, or national origin. Title IV, encouraged the desegregation of public schools and authorized the U.S. Attorney General to file suits to enforce said act. Title V, expanded the Civil Rights Commission established by the earlier Civil Rights Act of 1957 with additional powers, rules, and procedures. Title VI, 
prevents discrimination by government agencies that receive federal funds. If an agency is found in violation of Title VI, that agency may lose its federal funding. Title VII. Title VII of the Act prohibits discrimination by covered employers on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. Title VII also prohibits discrimination against an individual because of his or her association with another individual of a particular race, color, religion, sex, or national origin, such as by an interracial marriage. The EEO Title VII has also been supplemented with legislation prohibiting pregnancy, age, and disability discrimination. In very narrowly defined situations, an employer is permitted to discriminate on the basis of a protected trait where the trait is a bona fide occupational qualification reasonably necessary to the normal operation of that particular business or enterprise. Title VII allows for any employer, labor organization, joint labor management committee, or employment agency to bypass the unlawful employment practice for any person involved with the Communist Party of the United States or of any other organization required to register as a communist action or communist front organization by final order of the Subversive Activities Control Board pursuant to the Subversive Activities Control Act of 1950. There are partial and whole exceptions to Title VII for four types of employers.